Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com to find out more. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got great guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, will be joining us. Boo Mortensen, up in Tundra now, up in Wisconsin, will visit with Boo. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And we'll visit with my wife, Linda. She just sent out her greetings from Paradise, got a lot of nice responses, and we'll find out about that with Linda, as well as what's happening in the world. It is June the 1st, and on this day in 1990, as a superpower summit meeting in Washington, D.C., U.S. President George H.W. Bush and Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev signed an historic agreement to end production of chemical weapons and begin the destruction of both nations' sizable reserves of them. According to the agreement, on-site inspectors from both countries would observe the destruction process. The treaty, which called for an 80% reduction of the chemical weapon arsenals, was part of an effort to create a climate of change that would discourage smaller nations from stockpiling and using the lethal weapons. First developed during World War I, most countries in the world were in possession of the technology needed to build chemical weapons by 1990, and in some, such as Iraq, had engaged in chemical warfare in preceding years. The United States and Russia began destroying their chemical weapons arsenals in the early 1990s. In 1993, the U.S., Russia, and 150 nations signed a comprehensive treaty banning chemical weapons. The U.S. Senate ratified the treaty in 1997. Hmm. I wonder if the Chinese were out on that deal. Just speaking of uh, COVID, of course. Well, former President Donald Trump paid trip respects to the fallen heroes of the U.S. Uh, United States on Memorial Day. He spoke of their sacrifice and immortal legacy in a statement released by his post-presidency office on Monday. On this, here's a quote, on this Memorial Day, we remember the fallen heroes who took the last breaths in defense of our nation, our families, our citizens, and our sacred freedoms, he said. The depth of their devotion, the steel of their resolve, and the purity of their patriotism has no equal in human history. On distant battlefields and far-off oceans and high in the skies above, they faced down our enemies and gave their lives so that America would prevail. They made the supreme sacrifice so that our people can live in safety and our nation can thrive in peace. It's because of their gallantry that we can, together, as one people, continue our pursuit of America's glorious destiny. That from President Donald Trump. And by the way, yesterday there was a massive MAGA uh, Make America Great Again Memorial Day Boat Parade uh, in Jupiter. Uh, hundreds of boats were out in the water Monday decorated with American flags and Trump 2024 flags. President Trump thanked his supporters in a statement on Monday. Wow, I hear that we have thousands and thousands of boats parading in Jupiter, despite the fact that they tried to cancel us, Trump wrote. Everyone is having an incredible time. On this day, we especially appreciate everyone who served and fought for our great country. Love you all, he said. By the way, there was a Roger Stone <laughs> sighting on one of the boats as well. Well, this is, uh, I think, the beginning of a, a controversy that is going to be very interesting to watch. 
celebrity cruises waving off threats by Florida GOP Governor Ron DeSantis to enforce Florida's ban on vaccine passports. A spokesperson for Royal Caribbean's uh, subsidiary, that would be uh, Celebrity Cruise Lines, told USA Today it would press forward with plans to require proof of vaccination before embarking on its Centers for Disease Control and Prevention-approved maiden voyage uh, June the 26th from uh, Fort Lauderdale and its subsequent sailings from Florida through the fall. It's the first cruise line to enter, earn the federal agency's approval under strict new COVID-19 guide uh, requirements for cruises with paying passengers, requiring 95% of the crew and passengers to be, quote-unquote, fully vaccinated. That requirement violates the spirit of the governor's emergency order protecting the right to medical privacy for our Floridians, a DeSantis spokesperson said. A bill signed into law by DeSantis taking effect July 1st also bans vaccine passports. The governor on Friday singled out Florida cruise lines in remarks carried out by WPLG, Local 10. We're going to enforce Florida law, he said during uh, a stop in Lakeland. You don't pass laws and then not enforce them against giant corporations. It just doesn't work that way, DeSantis says. (laughs) I I like him more and more. DeSantis said that CDC doesn't have the authority to shut down cruise lines for failure to comply with its COVID-19 guidance. Cruise ship attorney Jim Walker took USA Today, USA Today uh, that celebrity would have to take DeSantis to court to clarify whose authority prevails on proof of vaccination. So that's where it should end up, in court, and I'm happy it's going to go that way. Uh, and here's another case. <clears throat> you know, f- federal law prohibits. Uh, HIPAA basically says that uh, medical information is totally confidential, and that trumps state law, and it trumps the CDC. So here's another uh, situation. For the first time in history of the United States, an employer is forcing an employee to participate in an experimental vaccine trial as a condition for continued employment, according to a state lawsuit by more than 100 employees of Houston Methodist. It's a hospital system. The plaintiffs are seeking a legal order to stop the uh, hospital system from firing them for refusing to submit to its COVID-19 vaccine mandate. The hospital system announced that the mandate uh, April 1st, telling management personnel that must be vaccinated by April the 15th or would be suspended without pay for two weeks, according to the suit. They would be subject to termination proceedings if they didn't get fully vaccinated during their suspensions. The deadline for all employees was June the 7th with the same penalties. And while the hospital mentioned religious and medical exemption employees could seek, the suit claims that the hospital has arbitrarily denied exemption requests. It also alleges that the hospital committed wrongful discharge by ordering them to commit an illegal act or lose their jobs and violated a federal law that bans mandates for unapproved medical products. An April letter from the company president, Mark Boom, said 84% of the hospital system's 26,000 employees were already vaccinated uh, when the mandate was approved. He argues that science has proven the safety and efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines. <laughs> I don't think so, Mr. Boom. Anyhow, Boom uh, told Houston NBC affiliate KPRC that the vaccinated figure was uh, by the end of the May was 99%. The COVID-19 vaccines have proven through rigorous trials to be very safe and very effective and are not experimental, he said, rebutting the lawsuit's charge that the mandate amounts to a compelled medical experimentation on humans. The San Jacinto Jacinto branch of Houston Methodist disputed a quote attributed to the uh, CEO 
David Bernard at the top of the lawsuit, it claimed that Bernard told an employee, everyone is of you is replaceable. If you don't like what you what you're doing, you can leave and we will replace you on the spot. The hospital told Epic Times that Bernard did not say this. Anyhow, so this is going to be a, a big deal. We'll see how this all plays out. But again, I come back to HIPAA and the law, uh, which trumps everything, basically saying that medical information is private and cannot be uh, shared uh, or forced to share uh, with employers or anybody else. Well, a small business group on Monday evening sued Major League Baseball, its commissioner Rob Manfred, and the head of Professional Baseball Players Union, Tony Clark, alleging their efforts to move this summer's All-Star game from Atlanta to protest Georgia's new election integrity law unlawfully inflicted staggering damages on businesses in the region. Uh, the suit filed in U.S. District Court in Manhattan by the Job Creators Network alleged Major League Baseball violated the Ku Klux Klan Act of 19, 1871 and committed torturous interference in business by canceling the game over a political matter. It seeks damages of at least $100 million for the businesses of Atlanta, as well as an order to restore the game this summer to the Atlanta Braves' home uh, stadium. Major League defendants... Baseball defendants in, intended to punish Georgians because their state enacted a reasonable ballot integrity statute and to coerce Georgia and its duly elected government to surrender Georgia's sovereignty to our federal system, the lawsuit charged. Uh, it said the true victims were small businesses who spent money and made plans for two years to host the All-Star Game based on Major League Baseball's promise, only to see it canceled. Thousands of hardworking, ordinary men and women in the Atlanta area, many reeling from the psychological trauma and economic havoc of the COVID-19 pandemic, relied on MLB's unqualified promise to hold the 2021 All-Star Game in uh, Atlanta. They were looking forward to the beginning of a return to normalcy with the country opening up and the All-Star Game coming to town for 21 months from July 2019 through March 2021, these men and women planned and budgeted and invested and hoped for a wonderful, profitable event. The damages resulting from the cancellation of the All-Star Game in Atlanta are staggering, the suit added. More than 8,000 hotel reservations were canceled. Revenues from ticket sales and stadium food by more than 41,000 expected to attend uh, the event were lost. The suit seeks to force Major League Baseball to immediately restore the game to Atlanta, together with all pregame events. So we'll see how this all plays out. It's so interesting. Uh, I hope, I quite frankly really hope, that uh, the, uh, this suit prevails and Major League Baseball uh, restores the game to Atlanta. <clears throat> this segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating programs, among other things, to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I understand that you went to the Hodges funeral home uh, uh, ceremony yesterday. Yeah, um, I I try to go every year uh, because we have so many, there's so many veterans that live here in Southwest Florida and actually in Florida, our goal being to make Florida the most veteran-friendly place. And so they always put together a wonderful uh, tribute to uh, fallen um, members of the armed services. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing how many people are here that um, put together the program. I mean, it's just such an honor to be with all all the uh, retired military. Uh, Really nice event, I understand. So, well... Congratulations to you. Uh, they, they always do a great job. So they do. I, I wanted to speak to you about this uh, home rule controversy. The Naples Daily News has been running uh, stories about the fact that uh, many Democrats feel like the state has usurped through the legislature and through the governors, usurped a lot of the quote-unquote home rule power, uh, and uh, they're not happy about it. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I'll give you sort of an overall view, because I've been immersed in that for the last couple of years. Um, Because I, like most people, uh, do believe that, you know, government local is very important. The problem with the home rule concept is 
when a home makes a rule that negatively impacts another home, then someone has to weigh in on it. Um, and, you know, so if you have a local government, uh, which uh, years ago there was this issue with Uber, where one local government say, said no, no Ubers or Ubers or whatever they call so what does that mean? You have to get out at the county line? So we had to regulate it statewide. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what happens. The local government passes uh, some of the ordinance. Like Key West passed an ordinance, no sunscreen products sold in the, in, in, uh, the Keys. Well, what? That's, that's crazy because that affects every business um, everywhere. Right. So my philosophy is... One that, and also the problem you have when a when a home, when a, a local government passes an ordinance that is um, either unconstitutional or just a bad ordinance for some strange reason, the affected party has only one recourse, uh, and that is to go to court. And you know how long it takes? It takes like uh, eight, seven, eight years to get some of these cases done. And during that period, of course, the business goes out of business. Yeah. Well. So what they do is they come to the legislature and they say, well, this, they passed this, this really bad uh, uh, rule. Like there was one for like plastic bags where uh, Publix or supermarkets couldn't, couldn't use plastic bags for bagging groceries. So I think they did that in, in a local government um, in Miami-Dade County. Well, so that affects everybody. And, and so how do, you, how do you organize that when you're a large chain or whatever? Mm-hmm. So they come to the state. I... I I don't know if there's an easy answer. And, and actually, the biggest home real problem we have is the vacation rental issue. And we have some local governments that prohibit others that uh, are more lax. And you have to have some kind of consistent regulation when you have something that has uh, an activity that has a statewide or almost national significance. Yeah. So we we have been doing a lot of uh, preemption bills. I don't like them, but I think sometimes we don't have a choice. Um, the good news is I'm working on some legislation that would some that would provide for a review of some of those uh, ordinances that wouldn't have to take a preemption uh, on a statewide level that would just affect the ordinance that uh, parties you know feel is egregious. Yeah, I'm so happy you shared that with us. I, I, so what made me think about this is what if the shoe were on the other foot and instead of having Governor DeSantis and a Republican legislature that uh, it was the other way around? <laughs> and, you know, so uh, you know, that I'd that insist on home rule, if you know what I mean. But the, 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 the issue that I see is uh, Portland, Oregon, for example, has home rule and they have an autonomous zone and they have uh, sanctuary cities and they have uh, uh, the... Uh, uh, the race theory and all yeah. the stuff that are going on. You know, those, there's so many egregious things that are happening where there's home rule that it seems to me there has to be a framework that protects our liberties. Yeah, and I, and I think if, you, if you're not, you know, if you get out of the politics of it, you know, the sanctuary cities issue and those kind of things, mm-hmm. and you look at the day-to-day life, um, so if a local government, I mean, I think the, the there was one um, ordinance that was passed, I can't remember, again, it was on the East Coast, that basically said if a shopping cart is found off the premises of the grocery store, they get fined. Yeah. Now, how stupid is that? You know, how many times do you see somebody 
taking the shopping cart and, dro- and walking down the street to either get to their apartment or, unfortunately, if they're homeless or whatever, and then they leave it somewhere. Right. Why would you want the, the grocery store to be fined for something they have no control over? So what they would have had to have done is put locks on them that they couldn't leave the, the parking lot, and that would have cost them fortune. And, yeah. so, and that would have been just little, one little community. Yeah. And um, fortunately, that was held to be unconstitutional. But there's so many of those ordinances that somebody has, a, they think it's a great idea, and it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> and it negatively impacts the, everybody. So um, we have to do something about those ordinances, and we have to create some kind of policy on how to address them that is not necessarily a preemption. Because what happens is, if we do a statewide preemption, it, it impacts... Um, communities like Naples, we don't pass stupid ordinances. Right. That's that's my term for it. I don't know a better term for it. Yeah, well, you know, most of the time, they just don't buy, you know, they don't do it. But some of these little governments are just running rampant. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. Unfortunately, you'd think that those closest to the situation would make the best decisions. That's not always the case. And, uh, no. And, and uh, so, you know, I think there needs to be a balance between Protecting right. our constitutional, you know, our freedoms, and uh, and, exactly. and I'm sure there's a lot of room to make decisions. Uh, communities are not cut off from making uh, their home rule decisions. It's just that in certain areas, uh, one good example is this celebrity cruise line uh, challenging uh, the governor's mask ordinance, or I'm sorry, the uh, uh, vaccine uh, passport, and uh, that's going to be going to court. I'm I'm really happy that the governor's made the decision he has. Right. Yeah. And the problem, of course, when you go to court is that it takes so long. And um, in order, you don't, the ordinance is is enacted and is effective during the course of the um, the lawsuit. And if if it takes a a number of years, it could effectively put companies out of business in some of these ordinances. So, um, you know, we, we have to find a better way to address it because I, I do agree that when we preempt, we preempt statewide, and we don't need to do that mm-hmm. in order to, to, to effectively stop an ordinance in one area. That's, and, and, I, and I'm working on it, and I, I hope to be able to come up with some kind of solution over the next year or two. Well, certainly, we had a, I'm happy that we had a chance to talk about this, Kathleen. It's a big issue. Uh, and it does need to be addressed. Maybe the answer is just to uh, for the state to be able to challenge ordinance, ordinances one at a time and get them right. to court quickly. Yeah. I, I just don't know. But anyhow, exactly. I, I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show and sharing these ideas with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Again, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Coming up, we're going to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in the tundra up in Wisconsin. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show. The Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for holidays, including Lyndon and myself. 
Bluepravance, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Bluepravance and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in the tundra in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's, it's uh, you know, we had to leave paradise and the hot weather and come up here and i have to tell you the next morning we got here on thursday on friday morning the uh temperature at seven in the morning was 38 degrees oh my gosh well i watched uh, uh the marlins playing the red Sox over the uh weekend <laughs> and it, i don't think it ever got over 54 degrees and it was raining and misting oh my gosh so unpleasant uh some parts of the country just having some bad weather they are. They are right now. But, you know, I have to say, you mentioned TV. Last weekend was Memorial Day. And, you know, I kind of go through it, but I don't, I don't like, kind of drill down on all the ramifications of, of Memorial Day. Yeah. And this weekend, PBS, and you can still watch it on TV, uh, PBS had a special about Memorial Day, and they... They talked about, and they did a portion of the show about all the nurses, wartime nurses, and holy cow, you know, you don't think about people like that and all that they did and all the heavy lifting to get all these young men and women that were in combat, you know, patch them up and get them back and get them on healing. It was a remarkable show, and then Hmm. they showed, uh, they talked about a all black inventory, and then they talked a lot about how devastating the Korean War was. Honestly, for two hours, I cried. 
It was so moving. Huh. And that's on PBS. It's on PBS, and it's called Memorial Day, uh, I think Memorial Day Celebration. It was just wonderful. And I thought, you know, if anybody is listening, you know, and you want to volunteer, go to, the, go to a VA uh, hospital and, and help vets. They, they gave their lives and, and, uh, and were, a lot of them are severely wounded for our country. Yeah. Pay it forward. Pay it back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, one statistic is that a uh, veteran uh, commits suicide every 22 minutes. That's sad. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, when you see what war, I mean, I would be a blithering. I couldn't go to war and shoot and oh my gosh! And the the videos that they had and the photos of the Korean War and how cold it was. Oh, oh my goodness! It, it was just terrible. And you know, I was young during the Korean War. I didn't even give it a second thought. Yeah. Yeah, war is tragic. It's uh, it's awful. It's chaotic. It's uh, yeah, just it's uh, <clears throat> it's too bad that such things have to happen. Yes, it is. And you know, these boys, young girls, young women, or young men, go in and and fight for the country. And so, my recommendation is, if you want to make your life more rewarding, volunteer and help a vet. Yeah, there are lots of opportunities and lots of ways to do it. Absolutely. So that's my little preachy thing for the day. Well, thank you for that, Boo. That's a great thought, believe me. And quite frankly, if you just are, we stand on the shoulders of those that have made the last uh, sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice, giving their lives, so that we can be free here in this country. So uh, we have a lot to be grateful for. Yes, we do. Every day we have a lot to be grateful for. Anyway, on a completely different, crazy note. I have to say that this was something that I read over the weekend, and it's just so funny. Since COVID, and people want to be outside, you know, and they don't want to be in big crowds, you know what people have taken up like crazy? Golf. Metal detectors. You see people walking on the beach (laughs) swinging those little metal detectors? Well, listen to this. The first metal detector was invented in 1881, by none other than Alexander Graham Bell. Huh. How would you know? Anyway, the industry of metal detecting has absolutely skyrocketed. And people are are doing it in their backyards. They're going to fields up and down the whole eastern seaboard. You know, you had a lot of pirates. You had a lot of ships that sunk. The stuff was buried uh, in yards and in big fields. Huh. People are going crazy doing that. So I think that that's what Linda should get you for Father's Day. <laughs> well, you know, I thought you were going to say golf. I thought, because, you know, there, I think there's been somewhat of an explosion of golf uh, participation as well because it's socially yeah. distanced and uh, it's outside. And there's just a lot of things that kind of conform to uh, the requirements or CDC requirements, that kind of thing. So, but that's so interesting. I'm, I think the last thing I'd want to do is get a metal detector. <laughs> And go out and search for little pieces of metal. Well, you're searching for treasure for pleasure. Treasure for pleasure, Boo. That sounds so interesting. I never thought we'd be talking about something like that, but that's so interesting, Boo. Well, when you talk with me, you're never sure where the direction is going to go. So that's part of the <laughs> part of the weirdness of that. But, uh, but I think that, I mean, there are people 
that were uh, um, going in fields, and they found like over a million dollars worth of buried Spanish gold wow. in in uh, Sebastian, Florida. Wow! I mean, there's there's buried treasure out there. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. We're not looking for dimes and quarters here. We're looking for booty. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, maybe I will get that second second thoughts on that metal detector. <laughs> that's so interesting. And I think that if you find it, it's yours. I mean, I'm not sure if it's, if the state owns it or whatever, but uh, I think what you find is yours. Huh. Interesting. Well, it boo. Is. So what else you got? So the last question is, what do you think about DeSantis and the travel industry, the shipping industry, cruise industry? That's kind of interesting. Third time it's come up on the show. And frankly, uh, I think think DeSantis is going to prevail in this. He basically has passed a law along with the state legislature saying that uh, no vaccine passports. And right. uh, and now Celebrity Cruise Lines is saying, well, wait a minute. The CDC is saying that we, they demand it, so we're going to go ahead and do that. Well, CDC has no legal power. They have guidance. That, so uh, I think DeSantis will prevail. But most interesting to me is the fact that this HIPAA, you know, the uh, – I don't know. I've forgotten now yeah. what HIPAA stands for. But you're not allowed to pry into people's medical situations. So, uh, right. It's th- a confidentiality. Exactly. So uh, I think – well, fr- frankly, uh, I haven't been vaccinated. Don't intend to get vaccinated. So <laughs> I'm I'm all for DeSantis's. Uh, just on a personal level, I want to go. I want to take a cruise, and uh, I don't want to have a to get a vaccine to do it. Well, I agree with you. I uh, I think it's a violation of your constitutional rights. I don't like the idea. You know, there is an area here. It's a, a small stadium in Madison. And they are going to have concerts there. Uh-huh. And they have already divided the stadium up into vaccinated and non-vaccinated. Hey, on the east coast of Florida, there's a venue where they're going to sell tickets for $18 for a concert if, you, if you're vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, the tickets are $1,000 a piece. <laughs> oh, my heaven. Crazy, huh? Boo. Yeah, it's. I don't like that at all. It makes me very nervous. Yeah, me too. Uh, too much, too much information. G- governments have no no right to pry into our private lives. So they're there to serve us, to keep us safe from internal and external predators. But they know way too much about us already. So uh, I'm very libertarian in that way. Uh, Boo, always a pleasure to get your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you bet. Go out there and get that metal detector. All right. Thank you, Boo. <laughs> All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. 
Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006 and I now have full range of motion in both knees and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more by visiting choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, my lovely wife, Linda, the author of Greetings from Paradise. She just sent one out yesterday. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. He's the founder and president of Less Government. Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government and uh, reconciliations coming on infrastructure. Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, you wrote a column. This is very fascinating. Virus lockdown speeds up, prices down. Government should leave the Internet alone. My goodness, I couldn't agree more. Tell us about the backstory on this. Okay, well, this goes back more than a year, of course, and we've discussed this over the course of time. Uh, when the lockdown started in March, I wrote a piece saying the U.S., Internet networks will be fine because we've been very lightly regulated under the uh, Trump administration, and that resulted in a lot of investment, which resulted in a lot of capacity, a lot of speed, and therefore when, when we get slammed, we won't get slammed. You know, we'll, we'll handle the additional traffic of everyone sitting at home and buying on Amazon and, you know, social media-ing on Facebook, etc., and lo and behold, our networks got initially slammed, no problems. Europe comes out, literally within that week after I wrote the piece, Europe comes out, because remember, nothing consumes more bandwidth capacity than video. Mm-hmm. And the European Union president comes out and she says, every streaming service in Europe has to downgrade, degrade its video offerings from high definition to standard definition, because our networks can't handle the strain. Wow. Well, that's because they have net neutrality imposed on their networks and other regulations that we don't have. And as a result, they've had less investment over a long period of time, and their networks couldn't handle the strain. Hmm. So, and, then, and I want to keep this in mind. This is an additional important point. Europe is tiny. Yeah. The United States has like 35 million, uh, 3.5 million square miles. 97% of it is rural. Right. 
So you have to string cable and 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 wire through millions of square miles of nothing to connect people. And we managed to do it better than Europe did with its tiny little countries. So that was an interesting wrinkle. Well, then we come to find out over the course of the pandemic, we just found out about the prices. The speeds in the United States during the lockdowns actually went up. Hmm. And the prices went down while they're getting crushed by the pandemic and by the way while the internet service providers weren't getting paid and aren't getting paid because they the the customers short of being a landlord with renters and you can't evict somebody during a, a lockdown you can't kick anyone off the internet for not for non-payment because that's their one connection to the outside world you can't so they've got millions and millions of customers that haven't paid them in a year wow <laughs> and despite all of that our speeds went up and our prices went down well, now we've got the infrastructure bill being debated in, in Congress. And, and, and this, by the way, this entire negotiation process is, is, is legislative theater. The Democrats are not going to do anything. And they have, remember, the, the Senate parliamentarian gave them two chits on reconciliation. After they recon- did reconciliation on their first legislation, he goes, you've got two more. So here's one of them coming. And what Biden wants to do, okay, it's bipartisan, and I, I don't think this is necessary, but the, it's bipartisan that they want to spend money to connect the unconnected in the United States. Well, 97% of Americans are connected. Yeah. And by the way, that's only counting hardline broadband connections. For some reason, and I, I know why, it's to artificially inflate the numbers, government doesn't create a, count a cell phone as an Internet connection. Huh. Which, of course, is absurd because you can watch high-definition video effortlessly on your smartphone. Right. So, so almost no one is connected, is, is unconnected. And the ones that are have moved out there probably because they don't give a rat's rear end about being connected. You know, they've moved there to get away from it all, and it all includes the Internet. So I don't think this is as big a problem as they do. They have an adoption problem, meaning people have access to it but choose not to sign up. And, and get the internet. So, Seton, that's different than I can't get the internet and I want it. So, what Seton, but, it was something that concerned me is I saw that there's billions of dollars uh, to uh, for internet in, in this uh, bill. And, and it, yeah, it was a, Biden wanted a hundred billion, and he's dropped it. I think to <clears throat> sixty-five. I think sixty-five billion. And and it seems like both sides seem to be okay with having the internet. But they want to do it differently. Uh, what the private sector, what the Republicans want to do, is give the money to private providers that already exist who are out in these areas because out in these areas it's not comcast and and charter and and at&t and verizon it's little mom and pop broadband shops who know the areas very very well because their entire customer base is like three thousand people or five thousand people out in these rural areas well the republicans want to give them money and say you know the area you you know you connect these people and Biden wants to do what's called municipal broadband or government broadband, meaning the government pr- pretends to be an Internet company. Yeah. And we've tried that. There's a website, broadbandboondoggles.com. I think it's .com. 
Go there and look at the interactive map. We've tried 450, at least, mm. different attempts at government broadband. Guess what happened on all of them, Bob? They failed. They all failed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, again, the, the, the Democrats have a 72-hour window. They can't remember past yesterday or see past tomorrow. And they just want to dump the $65 billion into counties and cities and, 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 and to stand up government broadband companies, which, of course, is dumb on its face. Yeah. And, you're, you know, you're taxing private Internet providers to then have the government fund competitors to their business. Makes no sense. So it's just dumb all the way around. It yeah. doesn't work, and it's, it's, it's unfair to the, especially the little mom-and-pop shops who have really put their lives on the line providing service in rural areas to very small numbers of customers and doing what we've said that we want the companies to do. And now we're going to set up competitors to them, yeah. government-funded competitors with their tax money. Yeah. So it's, it's just very, very dumb. And again, like I said, at the end of the day, I think there's going to be reconciliation on the infrastructure bill, and that means it'll be government broadband being funded and not private companies. Uh, that's so sad. I mean, uh, the, as you've pointed out so many times in the past, uh, the Internet is a free market, Xanadu, and it works as well as it does because the government is not involved, and we need to keep it that way. So, uh, Well, as I said at the beginning of the piece, I said it's an it's a, it's a endless pattern. Government gets involved a little bit in the private sector and screws up the private sector a little bit. The, go the government then falsely claims that the screw-up is the private sector, it's not governments, and we need to expand government, and then lather, rinse, repeat. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got, the Internet has mostly, with the exception of, you know, the Obama era, they, they imposed net neutrality for about a year, and then Trump re reversed it. It's been mostly regulation-free. It was set up with a bipartisan bill in the 1996 Communications Act as a basically regulation-free area, and look what blossomed as a result. Well, that's not a coincidence. That's exactly right. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you visit the website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always a pleasure to get your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. You as well. Thank you, Seton. All right, coming up, my lovely wife, Linda, she just uh, issued, wrote, uh, Greetings from Paradise. We're going to find out about that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience.
have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs, and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840. Or visit the website, nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. That's right. She's my wife, my lovely wife. She also writes Greetings from Paradise. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Greetings from Paradise is back. It is back. Uh, You sent one out. It was a test run, actually. Was it? Yeah. Uh, Just to see if I could uh, work on this new um, platform that Constant Contact has been, um, has introduced to make life easier but it didn't <laughs> it never does <laughs> <laughs> so i sent out a, a test run this weekend and and uh it was a little odd but it worked and i i asked my readers to send uh a high sign back if they got it and if it looked okay and boy oh boy did i get a barrage of emails saying thank goodness you're back it was so happy to hear from you i love you all this great Great feedback. It was pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, I, I know I'm biased, but uh, I really enjoy your newsletter because it, uh, you're a good writer. It's just entertaining, first of all. But second of all, it's mostly, I'm going to say almost exclusively, good news about what's happening on the Paradise Coast. That's what you emphasize. That's what you really kind of share with folks. And people look forward to it. Well, yes, but one of the reasons I took a hiatus was because the good news was offensive to people. Some people like uh, not having to wear masks. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and, and and DeSantis should be in jail, and and oh, yeah. holy smokes, it was just like really. Yeah. yeah. So the good news was not was not happy for um, a few, and it was a little discouraging. But anyway, I decided that my um, message of happiness and and things to look forward to was better than not doing anything, and people were looking forward to that. So, yeah. and it's nice to see uh, things are kind of clearing up. I think. Uh, these mandates and mass lockdowns and stuff that kind of made people irritable anyhow. And uh, now all of this is kind of going away. We're not seeing uh, cases emphasized here in Florida or in uh, the unless you, unless you listen to the Naples Daily or read the Naples Daily News, which can't help can't help I itself. Know, I know there's an outbreak of kids are getting it now and all kinds of stuff. Anyhow, doesn't that doesn't that just blow you away though that that the narrative keeps changing the goalposts keep moving with all this stuff do you remember at the very beginning of this where 15 days to to um, flatten the curve and yeah. kids will never get it babies will never get it and all of a sudden they want to vaccinate six months old they must think that we're the 
the public is just so stupid. So here's the thing. I would like to see uh, what scientific evidence there is for six feet of distancing. Where, where, where did that come from? I'd like to see, uh, the, in fact, all this stuff has been disproven of the fact that these cloth masks do absolutely, it's like cloth, a cloth mask is like putting up a chain link fence in order to fend off mosquitoes. Well, and and it, it, but people just—I don't know if it's fear or stupidity or ignorance or whatever you want to call it—but people just look at the TV and say, "Oh, I better do that." I mean, it's it's just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And when, in fact, the only mask, quote unquote, mask that really works is the kind that the doctors wear when they go into surgery. It's an N95 mask, right? And right. and oh, by the way. Nobody is out there in the N95 mask. The mask that they are wearing clearly says on the sign of the package, these do not prevent COVID-19, yeah. and they're made in China. Yeah, <laughs> that's so interesting. Well, anyhow, it's nice to see uh, a lot of this going away. Perhaps we can get life back to normal. That would be a good thing. It's great to see, for example, uh, baseball stadiums. And uh, how about the Indy 500 Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. There. Wait a minute. What about the PGA Championship with Phil Mickelson where there's people yeah. just crowding? And oh, by the way, note to the CDC, Dr. Flip-Flop Fauci and everybody else, people did not drop dead afterwards. No, they didn't. <laughs> it's so interesting. So anyhow, it's nice to see it all clearing up. And uh, hopefully that will give you more fodder for uh, Greetings for Paradise going forward. Well, one of the things that, that made me so encouraged was finally the stores at Waterside were changing their mask requirements. Mm -hmm. So Saks Fifth Avenue took their signs down and they're and they're a corporate entity. I mean they they their base is in New York. Mm -hmm. So they're following that. And then and then um True Food Kitchen took all their signs off. Um and yesterday when I walked around Waterside, most every store was saying masks are encouraged. But, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no, you can't come in if, if you don't have a mask type message. And that was just like, finally, finally, we're getting back to where we need to be. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, of course, the whole question about whether we really needed to from the first place is, is a question that I have, but irrespective, uh, nice to get back to normal. So uh, any thoughts on what's happening uh, nationally or here in Florida? Uh, here in Florida, um, everything is wonderful. There's People are buying property as fast as it goes on the market. Yep. Um, building is going on like crazy. Um, people are here and loving it, and people up north are not so much. Yeah. Um, nationally, everything's just weird. There's still New York is still weird. California is still very weird um, because they've still got lockdowns and all these mandates going on. Although I talked to our friend not too long ago, um, the Sonatas, and they said, you know, uh, Linda, the businesses are just ignoring the, the mandate. Gavin Newsom. They're just going and opening and, and basically, screw you, we're just doing our thing. You so. know, it's kind of interesting to me that uh, Gavin Newsom now is pulling out all the stops. He's giving away money. He's doing everything he possibly can to garner favor now with voters. Uh, he's uh, has to be recalled. He has to be on the ballot for a recall. But he's trying to turn the tide in his favor. And what's interesting is they haven't named a date for the recall election. It has to be within a certain period of time, I think. But uh, nothing showed up. So um, you know, I don't know if he's going to survive this thing or not. Well, I mean, it's the media is so is so screwy because they they only cover the stuff they want to cover. Seriously, I mean, I, I don't go I don't go to 
normal news sites to get my news. Right. I don't because they don't report it. So so I get my news from like like I've told you the Daily Mail and Telegram and and Gab and and um, sometimes Parler, but. You can't, you cannot trust the mainstream media. You cannot trust them at all to give you the straight scoop. Um, all the stuff that's going on with Israel. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, this just popped in my mind. <clears throat> Perhaps relevant, but uh, but Joe Biden gave a message. Who? <laughs> Joe Biden gave a message yesterday about Memorial Day. Did I read that seventy two hundred people? There's 81 million people that voted for him, but 7,200 people actually watched him deliver that message. Well, on the YouTube channel, yeah. And and what's so funny is that while Joe Biden was um, trying to stumble through this speech that he could barely read on his prompter... um, there's huge boat parades out for for Trump saying Trump won. Yeah. All these signs are popping up in baseball stadiums all over the place saying Trump won. That has just got to be so annoying yeah. for uh, plugs and for heels up Harris for sure. For sure, and uh, we're watching these audits continue. It's kind of a slow process, but now there's over fifty percent of the. Uh, uh, Maricopa County uh, audit that's been completed. Uh, other audits are taking place. I think this is all beginning to close in. Well, and and the, that's one thing that the mainstream media is focused on. And I don't know if I don't know if it's freaking them out to the point where they're making a big issue about it. But I don't know that they know which to cover this this uh, Wuhan um, virus uh, lab debacle and and the vote yeah. the voting. Um, the, the recounts of all the votes. More states in, are requiring it. It's yeah. very amazing. Yeah, it is indeed. Linda, as usual, you've given us some great commentary here on the show. I'm really, not done yet, though. You're not? You have more to say? Go ahead. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy. Bob is the uh, chairman of the Cato Institute, a constitutional scholar. We'll continue our discussion about gun control and the Second Amendment. Andrew Joppa is a professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Always appreciate his commentary on what's happening in our culture as well as politics. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many, many books, uh, and uh, what makes the American, you know what, I forgot, I don't have it written down here in front of me, but his latest book is really good. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. You can also uh, get the newsletter that I send out after each show, show just to put down that you'd like to receive it. Again, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.